Let me tell you what, skincare, since we boosted this up so much. You need anything in your skincare. It is a good moisturizer. Wait, a good cleanser, a good moisturizer, and sunscreen. Really, it's the basics, honestly. All other stuff, you can add that in there if you need to. But the basics is make sure you're cleansing your skin, moisturizing it in the daytime, I feel like it's important. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Wash it. Wash it good. Then don't y'all use that Irish Spring soap. But then they have the best skin because that's how my husband is. He, what? We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain, and I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. Hey, Arable friends, welcome back. We are continuing our series with our Aspen House Associate. Um, friends and colleagues and loves. Uh, today we have Rebecca with us. Yes. She is a veteran of the Arable Show. She yes. kind of back in the day. We love Rebecca. <laughs> so um, I'm going to tell y'all all of the awesome professional things about Rebecca and then she's going to fill in the gaps um, as I have missed them or she wants to add some more information. So uh, Rebecca is a licensed marriage and family therapist associate. Um, she writes, and I'm just going to read her words because they're so beautiful, that we are not created to live alone. Our brains are wired for connection. We learn, grow, endure, flourish in relationship with others. Relationships can be both beautiful and difficult. When relationships are challenging, our awareness of our need for emotional safety and support grows. Realizing this need is a sign that something is deeply good and right. Um, Rebecca utilizes an attachment relational based uh, counseling approach. She practices from an EFT approach or an emotionally focused therapy approach, as well as working from a solution focused and systematic models. Uh, her counseling interests include working with individuals, couples, families, addressing anxiety, trauma, and relational difficulties. Rebecca is also passionate about working with the African-American men and women and couples facing difficulties related to intergenerational trauma and pain, anxiety, self-esteem, perfectionism, as well as emotional regulation and communication issues in marriage and committed relationships. She enjoys working with clients who are committed, committed and motivated to learn new and healthy ways of healing and growing. She is also EMDR trained and working on her training in sex therapy. Um, she is originally from Waco, where she spent um, a good portion of her life, but has spent the last 10 years in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And then in the last year, if that weren't enough, she is now in the Shreveport area yes. with her lovely husband. Yes, yes. Um, welcome, Rebecca. Hello, hello. I feel so welcome important. Back. 
Welcome, welcome <laughs> back. back. That feels so important after I, I've never sat and like listened to my bio be read by someone else. I feel it's like a thing, isn't it? Like when someone reads your bio, to you, you're like, oh, okay, I'm having a moment over here, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right, Rebecca, what did I miss? What would you add professionally, per- personally, and something that our audience might need to know about you that I didn't share? Yeah, um, I'm a lover of Jesus, disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm a pastor's wife, um, a lover of C.S. Lewis books, like Mere Christianity is like my favorite book ever. And my inner circle knows, like, I give those books away like candy. Like, I, I purposely buy more than one book whenever like I Like a can. box. And if somebody's like, what are you reading? And I'm like, oh, it's Mere Christianity. Here, I have one book. for you. You should take it. And they're like, what? It's an amazing book. I love it. So I love C.S. Lewis. Um, I'm a lover of Mexican food, Chipotle. Yeah. I'm also a Diamond member at Ulta. That just happened, and I'm really excited oh, about it. congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. I feel like I should have a crown. I you should have a Diamond one. A Diamond member for Ulta, which tells you a lot that I love all things smell good and pretty and mm-hmm. skin care and makeup and all the things. So... It's true. Rebecca keeps our team kind of on point when it comes to like the latest products and like how, how do we do self care for the largest organ of our body, which is our skin. So yes. I'm just saying in hair, you know, yes. you know, it's, it's all things, but you are a skincare yes. connoisseur. I try. Hence I've... her diamond card. <laughs> Hence my diamond card. So, I mean, the fact that I have all these points, I have a lot of points at Ulta as well as at Chipotle on their app. So that's just tell you a, a yeah. lot about me, Chipotle and Ulta. And yeah, that's I do love that. my little five foot two self with all my curly hair. And that, yeah, that sums me up pretty well. <laughs> hey, you have loved my family well by giving us curly hair tutorials. So <laughs> you've, you've blessed the mountain family with how to really get the most out of your curls. So, yes. so for the people that may not ministry. that may not see, I have a big, full, fluffy hair of curly coils, and I love my natural hair. I've been natural for a it long time. It is stunning. It is so. absolutely stunning. <laughs> okay, Rebecca, this is, I mean, we have the luxury of, like, knowing you yeah. and continuing to know you more. Um, on our team, but help our listeners get to know you specifically. Tell us your story of what drew you into the field of mental health. How did you arrive to today? Yeah, um, so my bachelor's is in social work from UT Arlington, um, and before I graduated, I did some time, um, an internship at the homeless shelter in Arlington, Texas, and spent some time being a case manager working with people experiencing homelessness, specifically a lot of men experiencing homelessness as well as some families. And one thing that came up quite often is these these people are still experiencing what we all experience in terms of relationships and trying to be a better parent or how do I communicate or I'm feeling these things and I don't know how to deal with it all the while me being in social work, I'm trying to connect you to resources and and help you navigate the system in any way I can. But hearing so many stories, I just realized I don't, I don't know if I'm equipped for this. I would like to be. And I think this is important work to do. And so, um, 
crazy enough, and, and I think it's just the providence of God, my mentor in undergrad, we were in the same psychiatry program, and I, th- I think we went into social work too, but she ended up getting accepted to Texas Woman's Marriage and Family Therapy Program, and she told me about it, and I said, boom, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I didn't even research the program. I was just like, that is something, that's it. That's what it's supposed to be. And um, once I heard more about how it's so focused on systems and relationships and how we interact with each other, that just lined up with me biblically as well, that God did not create us to live alone. And I was like, that, that's it. I need to do that. And Uh that's how I went into that. And it was, my God, it was a long road. It was a rigorous road, but it was so worth it um, just to be able to learn the skills. And, and I mean, anybody that's been in the mental health field, when you go through that, that process within school of peeling back the layers of your own life and family and your pain and story, it just learning the things as well as peeling that back for myself. It, the Rebecca that went into grad school was a different Rebecca that came out. And so, sure, yeah, that's how I ended up landing here. I love it. I love hearing y'all, or you, but just the, as we do the series, kind of just share your story. And so much of it we know, but just hearing it in your own words, that's not a resume or, you know, on paper. Um, just Yeah, it's a human experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's such a such a cool thing how it all got woven together um what is your kind of therapeutic specialty your niche um as you help people in their systems and become healthier individuals yeah I think whenever I was trying to figure that out um because for any new clinician it's like I want to work with everyone I'm going to save everyone and do all the work and Um, One thing my supervisor really helped me kind of streamline is, like, what what are your people? What does that person look like? What does your couple look like that you want to work with? And I always knew I wanted to work with people of color. Um, I I love working with everyone. I I have a little bit of everyone, but um, I – we've not always been afforded the privilege, black men and women, to have somebody that looks like us educate us and help us navigate um, our feelings, our emotions, our relationships, and how we communicate. So I always knew my heart was for that, to work with black men and women. Um, And then just more specifically, I think with people navigating, whether it be first-generation things of school, of um, having my first real career, trying to do something better in terms of being a parent, um, a spouse, uh, and and now <laughs> with the the pandemic, it's just kind of all shifted and changed. Of people, we're just trying to learn how to navigate this whole panini, as I call it out there, y'all. That's my yes, my, the my panini, word. the panini, the parallelogram, the Panera bread. <laughs> I call it a lot of different <laughs> things. So great, but I mean, we're we're all trying to navigate this now, as well as like just dealing, working with people that deal with that high anxiety and wanting to do something different within their family of origin, of seeing something new and realizing, I I need to learn how to do this. I want to be able to communicate better and have better boundaries. And these things are hard, and I want somebody to hold that space for me, as as well within couples and marriages. Um, That's what I get a lot of people of 
you know, I, I, I have a pretty good job. I've graduated. This is where I'm at. Or um, I'm a new parent. Just something new as far as life changes go. And I want to be able to, to navigate it in a healthy way. I love that. I also really appreciate that you're touching on, I think, a, a somewhat of a reality that we've all experienced as mm-hmm. mental health professionals and coaches and helpers in the panini, as you refer, as you <laughs> endearingly refer to it. You know, I, I wouldn't say like my specialty or my niche has changed, but the way I engage or some things I have added have changed. And I, yeah. I have not met a lot of people in our professional space that wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate um, you sharing a part of that story. I think it's going to be validating for some people. Yeah, absolutely. What's the fav- What's your favorite aspect of your work? Like what just lights your soul up or stirs your affections? Like what? you know, either a moment or a process or a certain issue. Like, what is it? What's your favorite part? Um, Other than working with me, because I just, I know that that you know, really yeah, lights up I your soul. Figure out a new one. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think the, the thing that makes my therapist heart pitter patter, and I literally say that in, in session sometimes. I've heard is, you say that. Yeah, you, you know, um, it, I think when clients, they come back and they tell me that they remembered something or they did something different outside of session, outside of those 50 minutes I have them. And it doesn't even have to be like they succeeded at whatever it was. It can be that they just tried and they could have failed for all I care. That's okay with me. That's Um, not the point. That you just even considered something different and they came back and they said, yeah, I saw that. I, I, I wanted to do this. And, and I didn't, I ended up doing it later, but I didn't do it right then and there. And I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. Let's talk about it. My heart is just exploding right now. And I'm so excited. Um, I think that's the thing, especially for those people that in the beginning, it was hard to even open them up to that concept and to work with them for a while and them come back and say, I considered this. I thought about this or I was able to articulate something differently and identify what I was feeling. I'm talking about those people that did not want to use that emotions wheel at all. And they thought this was silly and they thought this was, what is the point of this? And to see it come full circle. And I have clients that have come full circle and see how it's beneficial and what it looks like to sit in my feelings and do the stuff outside of that 50 minutes. I only got you for 50 minutes. That's it. And to see them do it outside of that, I'm like, you're, okay. you're not playing around about that emotion thing. I've had three conversations today <laughs> trying to invite the possibility <laughs> that those might be important. <laughs> yeah, so, but why do we have to? Why do we got to do this? How does I don't this... want to feel those. So They're what? Those are in the way. It doesn't change oh. anything. And... Uh, yes, to I see know. to I, see those people I, come full circle. Oh times. my gosh, to see them come full circle girl. and come later and say, "Yeah, I think I was feeling disappointed, but I know there's some some grief in my healing." And I'm like, "What? Who are? Yes, this is amazing." I'm like, "Let's just stay right here for a second. That stuff that makes me go, okay, maybe I should 
stick in this a little bit longer. I think I caught my second wind. I, I can keep going a little bit longer. This is good. <laughs> That's so good. I'm curious at what mental health patterns or dynamics you're seeing in our world and community. Um, you've mentioned the pandemic, but just lots of other things that I think we do. Patterns and dynamics that I think we as therapists and so I'm curious from your vantage point what you're seeing in those spaces. Um, I think it's the pandemic has done something twofold. Like, I think we've all seen the expansion of therapy and mental wellness and health as well through, through telehealth. Man, like mm -hmm. the pandemic just expanded that on a level, honestly, that I think it's historical that we can now access it in a different way in communities and places that didn't have access before can kind of do it on their phone now or just a desktop computer. And I think that's amazing. We're, we're having everybody experience the same thing on a global level together. So I think we're kind of embracing the concept of like, yeah, I don't think I'm well. I think I'm anxious. I think there's a lot of things going on and that stigma is it's kind of crumbling away at the edges. Um, I think the other part is, is sometimes I think as a society as a whole, we we move into extremes. And so somebody wrote an article recently about how mental health professionals and, and helpers, it's almost like we're the new Uber and the new DoorDash, and there's new platforms out there that we're trying to be more accessible, but it's it might not be as helpful as we think it could be. And so... Um, I second that opinion. Yeah. I, I just, actually have very strong opinions. Listen, I'm right there with you. And people have asked me and friends and family, and I'm like, you know, there are some people that can't eat, and fast food is great, like, to, to meet that need, but it's not sustainable, and it's probably not healthy Ooh. in the long run, right? Like, you need a home-cooked meal. You need... Your chef at oh, home. Yeah. Your parallel yeah. imagery is so, I mean, yes, a dollar sausage biscuit from McDonald's will put food in someone's belly, but it is not a healthy choice. Like I, okay, yeah. I, you've actually softened my heart a little bit too. I got, okay. I got big issues with some yeah. of these platforms and, yeah. and, and, and I feel because I'm an eight, I feel very betrayed by the people who support them. <laughs> <laughs> because they sit there and I know they have dollars and they go and invest yes. with probably a good therapist. Yes. And then they sit there and take paid sponsorships yeah. to advertise for these platforms that are like, you can have great weekly therapy on call for $31 and 99 cents a month. And I was like, well, and I've met, I've, I've met some of the, th I've met some of the therapists and I'm on some of those therapist social media groups. And I mean, it's terrible self-care for the therapists who are serving on there. Yes. I, I've yet to personally meet one who's like, I'm, I love every minute Same. of my experience. Like Same. those, everyone I have met, those therapists are serving on those platforms because their gift set is not in administration mm -hmm. and they're overwhelmed. Yeah. And, you know, our, our uh, profession is highly kind of like single professional business 
you know, so if you can't run it all by yourself or find a group that you agree with, like you're, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. And so that's, so those, those, I feel like those platforms are, are hurting therapists, which inevitably hurts clients. That's it. And it's, it's, um, hold on. I feel like they're opportunists. Yes. And that makes me angry. My yes. ape just goes completely sideways. Yes. And you're seeing it everywhere. It's everywhere. And they're leading people up. to believe that this is a really great option. And then people, I'm going to really softly say, there are, there are good people who believe that access to mental health is a problem, like a societal problem. Mm-hmm. And like, that's an issue. I am in agreement. That is not the solution. Absolutely. And I have a big issue with it because it's hurting all my people, which ends up hurting all the clients. And, like, it's not good. It's the opposite of mental health. Absolutely. So I'm so thankful you went there. <laughs> I Yeah, it needs to be put out there. I see it so much. I see it whenever something happens. And so-and-so just donated this amount of money to this platform. And I'm just thinking, okay, all right. And, and like I said, I know for some people – it, it does help. There is a need there, and that might be all they can afford, just like McDonald's, just like Wendy's, just like the dollar stores here. That's all I have access to, and that's what I can afford right now. And I get that, and my, I have compassion for that, and I have a heart for that. But it's like, to me, it's like at what cost? Because mm-hmm. depending on where you land, and, I, and I've heard plenty of stories where sometimes people get burned by this. They think this is the therapeutic experience as a whole. This is what therapy is. And now I don't want to go back because this is how I experienced this. And so I'm done. I don't want to do it. So now we're on the back end trying to clean it up and and rectify that as as much as possible. But yeah, that's what I meant. Like, it's just these extremes. It's, it's going here and it's, it's too much. And, but I'm glad that we're, we're opening things up a lot more. We're having more conversations and telehealth is yeah. opening up a lot more. So I, I love that dynamic. It's just, it's just very twofold. So. Okay. I don't know where you'll go with this one, but I feel like it's a good follow. It's not a follow up question, okay. but I'm, yeah, it's a good next question. What is a misconception or myth about therapy that you would love to see go away? That is a great question. I think what comes to mind right now is that, at least the picture I see in my head, it's very similar to thinking you can just go to the gym and I don't have to do any work or anything and just going to the gym is enough. Therapy is really trendy right now. It's trendy. It's a cool thing to do. It's a cool thing to say that I have a therapist, which is crazy. It used to never be like this, so it's just it's totally different world now, but I say that because it's a lot more than just showing up and saying the things. I I think with television and everything, we think it's just going, I share all the things I lay on the couch and then I leave. And it's, it's not that it's not just dumping all the things. It is a treatment plan. It's work outside of this much like going to the gym. It's like, how do I want to do this? How do I want to implement it into my everyday life? Um, the the time it takes is going to be different for everyone. I think that also comes up too that I whatever I need to deal with, the trauma of my entire childhood and witnessing all of these things, can we get that knocked out in eight sessions? Like, we, we can do that, right? 
Like, because, you know. <laughs> For the listeners, I'm having a fit visually. <laughs> we have people that say that, like, yeah, I, I grew up in a home with domestic violence and, you know, I've dealt with this trauma and feeling like my parents didn't care about me and I was in a car wreck and this and that and all of these things has happened. Can we get that, sweep that on up and about? I have to sessions? come for six sessions to do what? that? What? What? You, you don't just... Deal with 35 to 60 years of trauma in... <laughs> 300 minutes like I'm so I, I just I'm sorry 300 minutes fast in my head I was like okay math 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 what's six weeks <laughs> I think a lot of people come in with that we have to do a lot of psychoeducation and clarification but even if even if we do start this journey and I work with you for a year that is not gonna undo 30 40 50 60 years of conditioning, of learning, that we don't, we're not doing any of that in six sessions. And so I, I kind of wish more people understood that, that misconception would kind of fall away that, yeah, like I, I am on a budget. I, and I get that. Respect to that. I understand. Therapy is not cheap. Listen, sure. We know. For sure. Um, Agree. But Agree. Like, let's be realistic. Let's have conversations of how, of how we can work through this and what feels best for you. And just understand that I, I can't emphasize that enough with my clients that I literally say, sis, I am working against however many years of you learning this, this yeah. being reinforced by your parents, by your siblings, by teachers, school, society, music, movies. We're not going to undo all of this. And you might not even undo it all in your lifetime. That's okay, too, but we want to have better insight and understand all the things at play. And if we want to do something different, I'm not here to just wipe all of that away. So, mm-hmm. Woof, so good. good. So, good. <laughs> so, in your words, for our audience, what is a healthy therapeutic process? What is a healthy therapist? Paint that picture for us, because I think world's not doing it, myths aren't doing it, like you said, it's trendy right now, but the, the fast and quick is, is a little more trendy than probably what we would all describe as healthy. So for you, Rebecca, what does a healthy process and a healthy therapist look like? So as folks are going, okay, I want to find that, what, what does that look like? Yeah. I'm going to go off stories that I've heard of what not to do in my head. Um, because I, I have plenty of friends and peers that have went through specific platforms. I'm not going to say any names, but I've just heard experiences. And I'm like, wow, that's not how we handle that. And so mm-hmm. I think part of a healthy therapist creating like a healthy space is, I think, definitely not bringing any judgment into the space. Um, I think I think that's a given. We think that's common sense. <laughs> and it's not. I've just heard it a lot of not. stories. It's it's really not. It's not. People don't know what they don't know, and sure. that's okay. And mm-hmm. we we can walk you through that process. We can talk with you. At least I I try to do that. Provide as much psychoeducation of what this looks like, and inviting people and their voice and their thoughts, even if it goes against mine, even if it goes against their spouse or whatever it may be. Sure, making space for that. Um, and not showing up like 
I think we are the the expert in in that we've been educated in what we do, but you are the expert of your life, and I am going the owner. To, yeah, like I I it's your choice. This this is what you have. This is what you're bringing to the table. I want to empower you in that and help you understand all the parts of those decisions and what you're considering. Um, but I think that big empowerment piece is important because a lot of people think they just come in and I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you advice and tell you sure. how this needs to go as opposed to... A lot of people want us to do that's that. That's true. <laughs> just tell me. There are a lot of counselors who would like to do that. I think they find each other and it doesn't get any better. That's yeah. personal theory. Yeah, absolutely. And I think coming in and us shedding light and saying, let's talk about why you're having a tough time, what's coming up, what's bumping against, why these decisions are hard or the things that you want to do or you don't want to do. Let's talk about all the pieces that come into play of that. I'm just a really big person on collaboration. I really try to do that with my clients in terms of, hey, I have a thought. Let's talk through this together. I'm going to sit this down on my metaphorical table in my mind. You get to decide if you want to pick it up or not. And if you don't, that's okay. That's perfectly fine. I think inviting people into the conversation to own their thoughts and feelings, a fun therapeutic word, invites differentiation and just really mm. owning your stuff. I feel like we don't have a whole lot of that in our society right now because everything's really controversial. So we we find ourselves being swayed a lot. But um, yeah, I I I think just having this heart to have collaboration, to um, be warm, of course, um, have good direction, um, communication a lot. And and I think that's really, I think it's really difficult right now because we're, it's a panini. It's yeah. so much going on. And well, the panini made a really rough sandwich of what already existed. Let's yeah. be real honest. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, a those... pre-existing sandwich that they put in the smasher. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely like we're trying to navigate the panini too and it's just like a lot going on this is all new for us it's so new so yeah I think a lot of those things being honest being transparent those good human yeah. skills that should blend into your therapeutic work so you're naturally going here Rebecca if you could give our listeners a gift, some piece of therapeutic information, a tip, a suggestion, an encouragement, an invitation, what would it be? Mm. I'm trying to think what would come to mind. Here in um, the here and now, just this moment, what rises up for you? You don't have to keep everything your parents gave you. Woo. Say it louder for the people in the back. Ah. <laughs> uh. You don't have to keep everything your parents gave you or your caregivers. You don't have to keep it all. You don't have to carry that no more. You don't have to. You get to decide what you want to keep and what you want to open your hands with. Have something different. And that's coming up a lot during the holidays right now in the end of yeah. the year. Of, oh, yeah. This is what we've always done. This is what I was taught. This is what we do. And I've had so many clients where I'm like, I just want to invite you to consider you don't. You don't really have to do that anymore if you don't want to. You can do something different if you want. Yeah. You don't have to keep these patterns, these thoughts, whatever it may be. 
that has constantly just been handed down over and over again. You can decide that eh, I don't want to do that anymore. And so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Those are good words. To those in our field, in the mental health field, what do you think they need to hear right now? You don't have to have your shit together. Can I say that, y'all? Yeah, you can. Okay. You're good. There's this, little, there's this little explicit button that I can press when I upload the podcast. You can say that. I'm going to have it on my episode. That's funny. Yeah. Rebecca's so explicit. No, it's true. You don't have to have your shit together. But I think that's exactly what we need to hear. That's right? what it is. You are trying to serve people during a pandemic. We were not trained for this. Nobody gave us a course on this. You are allowed to be no. teaching skills and tools that you are still struggling with. Um, you are allowed to be human first and not have it all together. Because I have to remind myself of that so much that I'm helping people navigate these things. And I'm still struggling with so much. And yeah. it's sometimes you have to deal with like, man, I'm not being like a hypocrite or a fraud or like I'm not even doing this stuff and well, look, I don't have to have that together I'm still very much mm -hmm. human first and this is my career oh, yeah. and I'm allowed to be human and that's that's the rest of my life whether we were in a pandemic or not so it's true that's true I almost think the pandemic has been permission giving for us to like finally break that unhealthy assumption that we're supposed to as therapists, like, oh, I'm supposed oh, to be yeah. doing the things I know. I'm like, it's like, it's like, oh, oh, heck, y'all. Like, I just, whatever, I'm human. Like, yeah. it's almost just broke us in a way that we're all having to recover from, but also in a way that I'm, in this moment, can say I'm thankful for. Like, it has broken some things in me that needed breaking. Yeah. So, still feel like the exhaustion and the healing process feels daunting from that breaking, but I, I am very thankful that some of the stuff that got broke got broke. So absolutely, on a side note, would you like to know the PG version of how to say what you said? Oh, it comes from yeah. this other business coach and I absolutely love it. She, <laughs> instead of saying, get your shit together, she says, get your poop in a group. So if you ever it's need okay if you don't have your poop in a group, it's okay if you don't have your poop in a group. I, I, so, you know, I like me a good swear word, but I just thought I'd share that with you. And for the listeners, she's a <laughs> business coach that I listen to, and she's always like, get your poop in a group. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I got to use that now. I don't know I if know. I take myself seriously when I say it. <laughs> I don't. I can't hard <laughs> Okay. Speaking of a fun and lighthearted moment, Rebecca. What movie or TV character would best represent your therapeutic style? I'm going to go with my gut. This is where I'm going to land. This is where I'm going to go. I'm so I excited. Just, wait, I feel like there's a lot of buildup. <laughs> um, I kind of identify with the first Aunt Viv on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, say more. Yes. I feel like Aunt Viv and I'm going to say this because this is within the black community. There's dark skin Aunt Viv and light skin Aunt Viv. I identify with the dark skin Aunt Viv because she just had this ability to 
give really good wisdom and guidance and know how to, if she needed to, to crack the whip, she could. And she did it with such grace. Um, I might be like making myself real high right now. I don't know if I did that well, but I aspire to do No, that. you're good. Um, and I don't know. I just, there was, there was something really loving about her and warm. I think that's why we just really gravitated towards her on that show. Um, I would even, I don't know if this is fair. I would even dash in a little bit of Moana's grandmother. I love Moana. Her grandmother oh. on that movie. <gasps> she was just really, yes. she was really sassy and fun. And <laughs> she was humorous. And I do that sometimes. So uh, several of our team members have said it's like a combination be- between these two people. So it is, is it the original Aunt Viv and Moana's grandmother? Is yeah. like that you're like. Yeah. I can see it. I can I see it, too, and man. I can I feel like it, and too. I'm yes, here I'm for it. grandmother. She was just like so matter crazy of crazy vintage say, lady. Yeah, she would say such profound things, and it'd be so simple. And I'm like, yes, I just I loved her grandmother, and I love Aunt Viv. Like she was awesome. So oh, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Now you made me think about Moana characters because I'm still working on my answer for this because that's how Kimberly and I are going to wrap up this <laughs> series. And um, what's the island's name? The island of Tafiti. Maybe it was Motunui. Oh, all I know is it's the heart of Tafiti, right? It's the heart the of Tafiti. One that's angry. She's Moana of Motunui or something like that. Y'all? That's where she's from. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm the angry island as an eight. Oh, you're so general in life. Like you take my heart away and I'll eight all over you. <laughs> and she just needed a nap. She just needs to go back to sleep. She needed her heart True. back at all. She's real nice if you're nice to her. You don't <laughs> betray her. I just want to put it Steal out there her for, heart. for all the listeners. I have no children and I've watched Moana nine times. It's just a great yes. movie. It's a great movie. So good. Such a great movie. I love it so much. What is your favorite or maybe go-to self-care activity or activities? I feel like it's so obvious that it's it's my makeup. It's my skincare stuff. And that actually came from... Your regimen. My regimen. My, My therapist actually had me implement that as a form of being prepared for work and preparing myself for sessions. Um, She was just like, hey, what do you do for you? And I think I'm an Enneagram Mm -hmm. 6. I don't know. I'm I'm just a person like I I gave all the answers of like, oh, I like to do this with my husband and my friends. And she's like, no, Rebecca, what do you like to do that doesn't involve anyone else that just Mm -hmm. feels good for you? And I was like, I don't know, like, I guess putting on my makeup, she said, boom. I want you to be really intentional about doing that and taking your time with that and implement it as though like it's a whole nother session for your work. So if you have a session at this time, how much time does it take for you to comfortably do your regimen and your makeup and your skincare? She said, schedule it that way. And I have done that ever since that I like pretty things and colors and skincare and feeling pretty, especially with us being at home more often, um, mm-hmm. it hel- it makes me feel like I'm putting on my work uniform and getting yeah. prepared for clients. 
Um, but yeah, you're also really good at it. Oh, yeah. the listeners can't see her, but she's there are got some photos skills. out there on the <laughs> socials of her face, and it. This woman. I just, I'm just. It blows me away. I have no words for it. She's so, she's she's so, so good talented. at it. Thank you. They saw me put on my With makeup. With a very beautiful foundation. Oh, thank anyway. you. I was going to say her palette, her, her you know, starting her canvas is, her canvas mm-hmm. is, is Stunning. I and try, she just some sparkle to it. It's like, whoa. Sparkle, I try, y'all. I really do want to spend more time. Like, I don't want to make it into any sort of side hustle or work thing. I still want it to be mine. But I've told my husband, I'm like, I think I want to attend like little makeup conferences and attend like some sort of class about it. Um, Cause I just, I like learning about the editorial work and skincare mm-hmm. and things like that. I follow so much of that. And so that's my Rebecca, thing. you could be like the therapist that's into skincare. Like that could, that could be your angle on social media and like you will blow up. We're going to get Candace to do voiceovers. You're going to be the makeup therapist. Like, I've got I've got angles and strategies for everybody. I'm just serious. Like, people would eat that up. I'm do a YouTube channel where I'm talking about therapeutic stuff while putting on my makeup and talking yes. about boundaries and things like that. 100%. Right? Like, the boundaries between your eyebrows. Those need to be there. And then the boundaries <laughs> between your family members. Those also need to be there. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying. You can create a metaphor for everything. I love that. I love that. Y'all know I can make an analogy for anything. So. Please and thank you. Yes. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Rebecca, we close the show the same way every time. So what would you like the audience to take away from our conversation today? What would you like to leave them with? Y'all, hold on. I gotta really think about this. I wasn't prepared. It wasn't in the list. Y'all know I'm a six. It's the, it, it's the eyebrows, right? That's, that's the thing about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me tell you what, skincare, since we boosted this up so much. You need anything in your skincare. It is a good moisturizer. Wait, a good cleanser, a good moisturizer, and sunscreen. Really? Sunscreen. The basics. Honestly. All other stuff, you can add that in there if you need. But the basics is make sure you're cleansing your skin, moisturizing it in the daytime, evening sun. There you go. I feel like it's important. <laughs> it is important. You, you, for men and women. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Boys, wash your face. Wash it. Wash it good. Then don't y'all use that Irish Spring soap. Don't you be using that no. black soap. But then they have the best skin because that's how my husband is. He, what? True story. It's not right. It's not right. (laughs) Okay, Rebecca, final question. What's your takeaway from our time today? How much I enjoy talking to you guys. I feel loved and supported by you guys. It's it's always a pleasure. We do love and support you. You're such a magnificent interview. You're always fun. Thank you. I get thank you. Thank You're you cool. so much, Rebecca. This has been so much fun and a delight, and I know a gift to our audience. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.
Rebecca. <laughs> so fun. So good. So funny. So enjoyable. Ugh. Like her her interviews are just easy. Not that not that I can like name like really all that many hard ones, but gosh, she's just easy and fun and enjoyable and I am sure her clients feel that way with her. Ma'am, what was your takeaway? Mm, so many. Um so many. I liked her spicy take on yes. cheap forms of therapy. I was here for that. The world of fast food and Amazon delivery, that your therapeutic process shouldn't look like that because you matter more and it's a more valuable process than sometimes those setups allow for. Um, I just, she so, she spoke to it so well, I think. Um, She did. The good of our community and the good of our, our colleagues you know and I I just I love that conversation between us like that so that was good yeah what about you what's your takeaway I really appreciate her vulnerability in the way she moves about the world and so when you asked her about self-care and she just so purely and innocently and sweetly owned my makeup is my self-care and I have given myself permission to do that because I think there are probably some Mm -hmm. cultural messages from every direction that could take that away from her um and I and I was thinking about that as she was saying it and she's like no this is mine and I love it and I enjoy it and it's relaxing for me and it is methodical and regimented in this beautiful like rhythmic way it's like a tradition for her of self-care. And I, I love that. It was a good reminder that yeah. it can be whatever it needs to be for you. And it's yours to choose. And, um, and so I thought that was, I thought that was really sweet. Absolutely. Sweet so reminder. Mm-hmm. So She's great. Let's find Thanks, more Rebecca. excuses to have her on. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Arable Podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo. And edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcasts on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at the Kimberly Galindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at the Jenna Mountain.